Today is February 6th, 2021. This is episode 108 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, today in this episode, I am going to be spending some time talking about the competition that I've been talking about for like months now. And effectively, how um, I want to talk about how things went the first week. This is a technically the four week competition, the the first three weeks of the big three. Um, I want to talk about how the competition went for the first week. And, you know, some of what I learned, some of what like there's not really a ton we can improve. Actually, I have some uh, some fun news about what I've been trying to do that week. Um, yeah. And then I want to spend a little time some, talking about something that I wanted to I want to talk about last week, but I didn't have time. Um, and it kind of, kind of leads into where it's part of the discussion about what I like so much about WandaVision um, because episode five came out yesterday. So from week one of competition, um, we just to give you an indication of how things went, um, we had a team of there's 14 um, competition rooms. There's 14 voting rooms going on at any given time during competition. Um, so 14 different people in uh, in, in a team's meeting, um, including like that's 14 staff, like one in each team's meeting and a bunch of um, other people, a bunch of other um, external members coming in and out of team's rooms, going from one to another, potentially. Um, so there's 14 program officers in the rooms. There's also because it's a virtual competition and we weren't sure what was going to happen. We we're sure about people's bandwidth. We wanted to have backups. So there's also a second person taking on some of the responsibilities in the room and ready to take on either take on full responsibilities or call in a, a backup support uh, like a backup person and so basically there's 28 staff going at all times and then along with that we had those backups i just mentioned so there were seven or eight people ready to serve as backups in either role and then in addition to that we had four people um myself i I'm being one of them um on what we called the tech team which are people that are ready to come in and fix technical issues or, you know, troubleshoot or, or any kind of thing that was necessary on the technical side. And so that's all. There's a lot of people. It's not that many more people than would be present during a regular competition. It's like maybe 25% more people. And there were also different people. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like there was this massive, we had these massive need for more staff. It was just, it was more like people were doing different, the people outside of those main 14 people were doing different things for most of the week. And effectively, we had a few like the first morning was kind of chaotic because um, we really, really, I really tried to have people prepare and practice um, and be able to get comfortable with what they were doing um, well in advance of the competition starting. But a lot of problems got sorted out Monday morning, like we started at like 940 a.m. A lot of the problems really were discovered at 942 a.m. And so that was really fun in like an interesting challenge scrambly kind of way, because it was just like for that brief half hour, 45 minute period, it was like there were 20 different problems that were all that had all been solved before. But it was like, oh, yeah, how do I do this? Whatever. This is this is weird. I don't understand this. Um, so it was a lot of scrambling that first half an hour. And I was thinking, OK, well, if this is what competition is going to be like, I understand why they have lots of backups, like people are having Internet issues, people are having all kinds of issues and but we, once we got them started out at like 10 by 10 30 or so things had calmed down a lot and you know there were a couple more problems that morning but nothing nothing really major the entire morning nothing really major it was just the volume of people being like hey how do i do this what's this how do i what do what am i doing um yeah 
And so it, on, on Monday afternoon, um, it was quite different because, first of all, people had been had been doing it for a few hours now. And so when people came back in on uh, from lunch on that Monday, uh, there were basically no issues. And we were kind of sitting there now as the tech team, basically twiddling our thumbs. There had been a couple backups called in, but we as a tech team didn't really do anything that weekend, that Monday. And so we decided on Tuesday morning, we sat down, the tech team sat down and said, OK, what can we put together a list of the most common problems um, and what 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 you do with them? And, you know, meet that morning uh, on Tuesday morning for half an hour with with anybody who wants to and say this is totally voluntary, but feel free to come ask questions about what happened. Um, we'll give you these these answers that we have and then we'll then we'll start competition. We had the luxury this year because there were fewer applicants. Um, because people, everyone was offered a one-year extension, so it was basically just people who didn't like getting, that, didn't want that one-year extension, or um, people who had <laughs> um, had never gotten a grant and were getting for grant for the first time. And so the the structure was lower, and that mean, meant that we could only rather than in person, we would have to do like during a normal competition year, we'd have to do kind of eight thirty till about four um, every day, and it was like. Or at least most days, like till till Thursday at noon at the very latest, at the very earliest. Um, yeah. And so the, we were able to review in person. We were reviewing four applications per hour. Now, virtually, we're only doing three applications per hour. So it's really only about 12 per day and 12 per day per room. And that's why there were 14 rooms. Um, and so that was fine. Um, honestly, it was a lot easier being able to start at like 940 or 10 a.m. because it let, left room for that Tuesday morning meeting. So we had that Tuesday morning meeting. We kind of got all the kinks out, I thought. And Tuesday was so slow. Tuesday, it turned out we didn't need a single backup person at all the entire day. Um, we didn't need really any technology help. There was a couple of problems. And then Wednesday and Thursday were the same. Like there was really nothing. We were able to focus as the tech team. We were able to focus on our other work. I think backups were used very sparsely. Um, honestly, other than that, maybe half hour, 45 minutes at the very beginning of competition where everyone was scrambling to figure stuff out. Um, it was amazing. There was like we basically needed no support. And the only things that did need support, um, other, aside from a couple of issues that I'm basically putting down to glitches or like the ways the system is designed behaving kind of just wonky. Um, yeah, like 99 percent of the issues we did have to fix were known issues. And we knew it was a possibility that could happen if someone did something slightly wrong and we kind of accepted a system that had things that were slightly wrong and so we're like oh okay sure i guess um we kind of have to have this but it's really easy to fix and so that's those are the problems we had the problems that came up that were well within the scope of understood problems and they were really easy to fix so all in all i call the competition the first week a huge success um, i'm really happy with how it turned out and because there was so much time, I was able to get all my work done in preparation for next week done like on Thursday, basically. And so really didn't have any like I had I was able to do my actual work, which which is a nice change because I haven't really done that much since December, like early December, um, which is fine. Like I, it's on autopilot intentionally during that time. But it was yeah, it was definitely an interesting experience. And kind of a validation of all the work we went through testing things and practicing and setting everything up and going over it and all this stuff. It was really good validation that our process for doing that all worked. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to reporting on next week. Um, going into right now, Saturday morning, going into Monday, 
with the expectation that there will probably be more hiccups on Monday morning because there are some people in the new group of 14 people that um, didn't go through things on the first week. And so I'm suspecting there's going to be a slight increase, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near where we were at because most of the people in the room in the second week are going to be the same people that were there in the first week. So um, looking forward to that. The other thing I want to talk about in this episode, because now I saved some time on purpose, is that um, I just want to keep talking about WandaVision so much. Um, it struck me last week, and like I said, I wanted to talk about this, but I didn't, that um, there's a lot of art, like WandaVision included, like TV, movies, music, um, painting, like sculpture, any kind of art is talking about um, is talking about the other somebody who is not like everybody else or people that are not like everybody else or a group or some like there's some kind of message about somebody that is that is not like default that is not normal that is not standard whatever that means in the context of that art and i was trying to think of counterexamples, and i couldn't really think of much um basically like because art is kind of an escape from reality there's no even when art is kind of boring, we make it interesting and we make it unique. It's it's very weird. And whether the that other that is being referred to in the art is like there's two different kind of ways to do it. You can basically view um, the other because it's always about the other. But the that that subject, the topic can be viewed negatively or it can be viewed positively. And it depends on perspective. And I think that's another really interesting thing. Like you can have a film uh, that's or some kind of piece of art that's all about immigrants. Like that can be the focus of your um, of your your movie or your TV show or whatever it is. And you can have a movie about immigrants that is that (laughs) the topic is immigrants are bad. And you can have a movie where the topic is whether it's allegory or not. Immigrants are good. And. But it's always it it focuses on somebody that is not like, quote, not from around here. You can have. um, Yeah, you can have uh, you can have media where the focus is like LGBTQ people or um, but or, you know, um, just gay people or just lesbians or whatever it is. And you can have that portrayal. You can have that characterization be positive or you can have it be negative. And I always find it fascinating, like I tend to see the media that I find most interesting is when the other is portrayed positively. Um, I find it very, um, you know, I find it less interesting and less empathetic when the other is portrayed negatively. It does happen. Um, A lot of war movies are good good examples of this, where the other is portrayed negatively because like they're villains, they have to be vilified. Um, in some cases, in a lot of cases, I find in the movies and TV and stuff that I like, um, the other is usually the protagonist and it's about proving to the world and to everybody how good they are. Um, there's a reason that, um, a lot of, you know, theater, musical theater, that kind of thing always talks about how, um, people that are different aren't necessarily bad. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk in, um, there's a lot of talk. I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. When you're talking about uh, art, whether it's theater, whether it's movies, whether it's TV, there's a lot of talk about how um, either the protagonist or antagonist are taking a side. And it, like you can tell a lot about a person. I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. and I don't have a great way, but you can tell a lot about a person 
based on their interpretation of certain kinds of media and who the, they think the villain is and who they think the good guy is. There's a good example of this in um, in How I Met Your Mother. And they they basically, um, yeah, Barney, I'm, I'm trying to remember back because it was so long ago now that this came out, but um, Barney was a big fan of Karate Kid. He loved the, the Karate Kid, but he always thought the Karate Kid was, and I don't remember the names of the characters, but um, he always thought the Karate Kid was the leader of the Cobra Kai dojo, the, the stereotypical um, antagonist in the movie itself. And <laughs> I always thought that was so funny because it's like, who is the other in this case? Is the it, like from the from the point of view in the in the movie The Karate Kid, from the point of view of what was supposed to be the protagonist, Ralph Macchio's character, the actual like little kid that learns karate. Um, is that the Karate Kid? Is he the protagonist? And the other is this like evil dojo. I haven't seen this movie in so long, but I feel like they bully him and like there's a lot of stuff that ends up happening and gets trained and ends up beating the the other kid from the dojo. Is is the other this other dojo? Or like the Cobra Kai's, or are you looking at it from the perspective where the Cobra Kai's are the good guys, and the other is this kid who is trying to learn karate from this old Japanese guy? And I find it really funny that um, that it could be viewed from this different perspective because you never really think about it. And it's like, you know, um, another common example. This was actually just came up in politics last week, where Ted Cruz was talking about, um, you know. <laughs> um, people who are on the left side of the political spectrum liking Thanos because of like, or be like the, the somehow Thanos was like pro environmentalism or he, because he was the villain, the main characters were pro environmentalism. And I just thought it was such a funny thing um, to be like, because first of all, first of all, um, obviously um, there's this, there's a whole thing surrounding the movie uh, infinity war, which he's talking about with Thanos in it. And the movie was explicitly written as like Thanos being the protagonist, he starts off his hero's journey. He comes back. Like we focus heavily ourselves. The the story focuses heavily on the Avengers because it's it's an Avengers movie. But it's actually, um, if you look at the actual arc and the way the music sounds and all of this stuff, this is actually Thanos's movie, and it's him accomplishing his goal. And the antagonists are actually the Avengers from his point of view. And it's funny to see how people would pick up on that as like. If you watch that movie and you think, oh, yeah, Thanos is the good guy. He's like, he's right. He's got all the like <laughs> you don't understand what the movie is trying to do. The movie is being set up as Thanos's movie, but he is definitely the evil person still. His score is evil. It's just positive. It's positive evil. And I find that I find that so interesting and so funny that um, Ted Cruz was fun would fundamentally, fundamentally misunderstand what the movie is about um, in that way. And such a great example about. Um, but how this kind of stuff works. And so to tie this back into WandaVision, clearly um, there's a lot of media, like I said, about the other. In this case, WandaVision is for sure the other in this scenario. She just came back from being what she thought was dead. And after having just seen her, the love of her life die, who's this robot vision. And she's now walled herself off on this town. She's clearly the bad guy, but she's kind of also the protagonist of this show because like we want to, we want to root for her. We want we've seen, just seen her like be this hero and defeat Thanos. And she's clearly not evil herself. She's grieving. So it's it's kind of her show. But also, we want to know what's going on. We want to know like we want Sword to accomplish their goal of figuring out what's going on. And so it is kind of about the other for her. But she's also she's also kind of the other in her own universe because she's trying to figure out what's going on. What exactly is going on? We don't know what she knows, really. 
and we definitely don't know what's going on with the town. And so it's kind of this weird multi other meta story. And I really love it. I love all the twists we're getting. Um, I'm so excited to see where they go with this. There's a couple different things they could do. And I'm I'm really like, I don't know exactly. I think this is like a limited series. And I don't know if we're going to get a season two. I, but here's what comes down to for me. The TV show, The Good Place. You should definitely watch it if you haven't watched it. Um, in season, even in season one, but especially in season two, um, they sp- they they spend minutes in the 20 minute TV show discussing or going through events that could be stretched out for like five seasons, to exp- like exploring this aspect of the story that they didn't want to explore. And they leave so much storyline on the table in The Good Place. And I'm fascinated because they like WandaVision has the same choice. And well, I guess all media has the same choice, but you so rarely see like most of the time when you see a TV show, you see them like they milk every storyline for all it's worth. Like they just hit it so hard. And um, yeah, The Good Place did it differently. The Good Place left a lot on the table unanswered, like and just kind of went right past it. They wanted to tell a different story. And with WandaVision, I don't know. I don't know if they're like right now, they've been slow playing it a lot. They've been building a lot of backstory. There's four episodes left. There have been five. It's been so exciting. But I don't know. Are we going to leave like we could spend the next four episodes accelerating? And like it seems like the entire nine episodes is going to take place inside this neighborhood. But I honestly don't know what like there's it seems like there's some stuff with where, where it's like more typical action movie type stuff action going on. Um. But is that like the last half of the last episode? Are we just going to like keep skipping through decades? Like there's been so far, there's been a 50s, 60s, 70s. And then this latest one was an 80s show. And episode four was just um, like behind the scenes of, of the first three. Are we going to get then a 90s, 2000s and 2010s episode? Because that puts us at episode eight. And then there's one episode left. Or is the story going to keep continuing? And like we're going to get to modern day really quickly um, because because there's not a ton like because it's such recent history, there's not a lot in our minds to distinguish between the 2000s and the 2010s. And so I'm really fascinated to see what they're going to do with that, how they're going to approach it. Um, there's just so like there's so many storylines, there's so much to think about. And there's so many different directions they could go with it. That's like I'm reading, I'm watching all these theory things and, and reading all about it. And there's so many different possible ways they could go with it. And um, I'm just I'm incredibly excited to see where it goes but i'm i'm wondering i'm like is it better for me is it better for like us as, as a viewer if they skip a bunch of story and like skip ahead to some certain point or is it better if they like really dig into every single detail because like with good place i felt kind of of two minds at one at one point i thought wow they're getting to so much like they're they're exploring this but there was another part of me that was like they could have spent like a season or two on this one thing and they just skipped right by it and like i kind of wanted to see that i would love to see that tv show like a spin-off of the good place where they're just digging into what it's like to reset the universe every time. But they like they skip right through it. They go from one resetting the universe to like 800 in the same episode. And it's like, I would love to see a little bit of that. I would love to see like, yeah, a lot of stuff that they just didn't. They weren't trying to tell us. They weren't trying to show us that. So I'm curious. I, I wanted to th- I was thinking about this last week. Like I said, I want to know, um, can you think I want to th- hear some examples, if you have any of art that's not about the other. Um, whatever the other might be. And if, and I've started framing a lot of the stuff that I watch in this way, talking about like, if there's a conflict, is the conflict with the other? And is the other good or is the other bad? And from your perspective, um, who's the protagonist, who's the antagonist? Is 
is the other being portrayed in a positive light or a negative light? There's all kinds of, of interesting questions about this. And so I'm fascinated to know what, what all of you think. Um, I'm going to leave the episode there for now. Thank you very much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.